Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and presented by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have some more Antetokounmpo ball to cover. Uh, first and foremost, since we last recorded... Probably the the most overdue significant Bucks news. Uh, few and further between, of course, in the middle of October here, recording on. I say October in the middle of August here, August fourteenth, close to three thirty p.m. on a uh, foggy day here in Little Milwaukee town. Hopefully you don't hear too much of the uh, birds chirping in the back. They were barking up quite a noise earlier, but either way, Bucks hired uh, Damari Carroll to their coaching staff. You probably quickly recognize the connection there between him and Coach Bud. Bud coached the 60-win 2015 Atlanta Hawks team where... uh, Damari uh, started for them. He was famously uh, part of their uh, five-man player of the month uh, cast uh, since, I think, along with their 60 wins, the Atlanta Hawks might have gone undefeated for a month in 2015, granting all all five starters player of the month. I don't know. I know the No Dunks guys were laughing reminiscing about that when that news first came out they're a bunch of jokesters i don't blame them but i think that still kind of checks out you might have right like correctly predicted that if you're tracking the history of players of the month uh damari carroll might not have uh become a mainstay in that category but can't revise history. They they went undefeated for a month. That probably hasn't happened happened all too often. So why the heck not? Doesn't hurt anyone. Um, as far as coaching news goes, I'm fairly excited about this. I know there's some attitude out there. Um, I don't know. For example, now with the KD drama that's out there, there's. There's a lot of shade kind of thrown at the hiring of Steve Nash. I know some more experienced basketball experts than I have slandered Nash's X's and O's. Even though pound for pound, he's one of the more successful NBA players ever. So I'm not going to try to go that same sentiment, but I don't know. Guys uh, in a similar role to I might argue that players might have this role kind of handed to them just based off their playing career. But, I mean, obviously they earned it. Damari Carroll, even though he was just your prototypical 3 and D guy that, you know, became recognized as more valuable during his era of the 2010s. He still carved out an 11-year career, so he probably... He earned this role, but just just in a different way than, you know, traditionally another guy off the street might. His connection with Bud, I think, will only only enrich his experience. Yeah, I guess another kind of fun factoid uh, looking back at Damari's career. Uh, I mentioned how he was kind of just known as a high-end 3 and D guy. He eventually earned himself an, an eight-figure contract uh, from the Toronto Raptors after his time uh, with the Atlanta Hawks. But his final year, his last nine, nine games were played with the Russell Westbrook, James Harden, uh, Houston Rockets. Probably the most excessive uh, example of small ball there ever was with P.J. Tucker as their full-time center after they traded for they traded Clint Capella, their only real center 
for Robert Covington. And uh, yeah, this is also the exact same era of my last 2K <laughs> copy that I have. So I, I'm always kind of taken aback when some veterans who were added to this team later in the year, like Damari Carroll and I think Jeff Green fits this role, they're listed in the 2K that I have as power forwards and centers. But Damari Carroll's 6'6", uh, 215. Uh, it speaks to his defensive prowess that he could even, you know, fill in, you know, fill into that spot, even even if it was for only uh, nine games. But yeah, still kind of comical because after all, he's clearly a small forward, power forward kind of guy, despite all you might have to say about uh, positionless basketball nowadays. Anyhow, now I can finally get to more of the lead as we've we're, we've been gifted some uh, Giannis ball in the middle of August. Yeah, so so far, as far as I can tell, I'll admit I haven't actually been able to check out any of these games myself. Uh, I would have to illegally stream it uh, to be sure, and I don't know if I would have to tune in uh, in, in the middle of the night for some of these times, but Greece with uh, three Anadokounmpo's on their roster. The youngest Alex didn't uh, quite make it with the deep Greece roster, but they have Giannis Thanasis and Kostas. They've played two friendly games against Spain so far. Uh, they won the first game by. Uh, somewhere in like the high teens, I believe, and Locked On Bucks said that they were ahead by double digits comfortably throughout the entire contest. Giannis finished with 31 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, 11 of 13 from the field, 7 of 10 from the line, I think 2 of 3 from 3 as well, and a play that we, we could maybe add to one of Giannis's Many highlight reels was a was a poster lob that he caught uh, over a Spanish defender. I know anyone who has the slightest interest in Giannis and Bucks basketball already knows the play uh, that I'm talking about, but I'm sure we're gonna remember this one uh, for years to come. And the second friendly played between uh, Greece and Spain a couple days later. Giannis was out uh, with knee soreness. You know, you could probably also just say load management with that. The same knee soreness that we've heard about throughout the past couple regular seasons. Nothing to be nothing to be concerned about. I mean, we definitely don't want to hear about any sort of uh, lingering injury with Giannis. But at the end of the day, a guy who plays with, with as much force as he does... Having having such a unique body type, this is just sort of the reality, and will end certainly better this than than the outcome than we, that we expected uh, back in the twenty twenty one Eastern Conference Finals when his leg uh, bent back to the third dimension and he somehow played a couple couple contests later. Yeah, you know you you watch the game for. For a decade plus, and you hear hear about guys who come around, and you think just by watching them or or their certain build that you know people just like to project out that they might have shorter careers due due to injuries just by the way they look or the way they play. You know, a bit of confirmation bias there, probably playing a little bit too much of the comparison game as well. But Giannis Giannis fits into that mold, and overall has exceeded expectations in that vein so far in his career knock on wood but also whatever happens he's already our franchise goat so uh anyhow to (laughs) to go off of that you know borderline morbid uh topic couple of other games to come up here now i'm going off of a schedule from uh harris stavrow hopefully i said his name correct there but he's He's probably the Eric name of uh, the Greek national team coverage as it stands right now. The 
next Greece contest will be Wednesday versus Poland, and I'm especially interested in that because I forget where I saw it, probably just on MKE Bucks subreddit. They said that might be an afternoon game, and if it's on Wednesday, Loki, I might be able to stream that from my apartment. So uh, that would be pretty cool. Although the next game is even more interesting, presumably to Bucks fans, because that is the next day, uh, Thursday, August 18th, and that's uh, Greece versus Mamu and Georgia. However, however, that's on a Thursday and not a work-at-home day, so if I'm getting those times mixed up at all, or I guess it, I guess it would be more disappointing if, if it were at the same time, because that would mean that I would actually be in the office uh, during that uh, Greece-Georgia game, but I mean... Heck, with these games uh, taking place, not at the usual uh, American prime time, and uh, definitely advertise, you know, through different channels that I'm keen to, I'll pretty much take what I can get. So I'd say it's a pretty big W for me if I even get to see Greece, uh, Greece versus Poland. Uh, I can also go over some of the recognizable names on the Greece roster, at least to me. Uh, outside of the three Andadacumpos, we have Nick, Calais, Nick Calathis, uh, former NBA player. I believe he, he at least played with, uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, likely more. He's, he would probably be considered uh, a captain of this team. I would guess if that's even a thing for <laughs> for international basketball. Uh, however, another, um, at least former, I don't know about current, maybe could be current, uh, it'd be Tyler Dorsey, and he's been at the top of the Bucks box score uh, in both of the friendlies uh, versus Spain. He was the second leading scorer with 11 points in uh, the first uh, Spain friendly behind Giannis. And then in the second game, uh, he was also second, this time with nine points. And in the second game against Greece, uh, the leading score was uh, with 24 points was uh, Dimitrios Agravanis, pardon my pronunciation, uh, and he was, Demetrios was third in scoring behind Giannis and uh, Dorsey in game one, too. So he's someone, he's the main guy that I would watch out for um, in regards to hopefully learning something new while watching these games. Because, no, I did not know of him ahead of time, but he seems to uh, be na- making a name for himself or for making a name for uh, for me here. Uh, I wonder if this will also mean that uh, that Bucks fans won't be surprised if Tyler Dorsey ever 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 gets a look maybe at a two-way slot if he's still eligible for that or maybe just a fit maybe just a 15th roster spot for the Bucks moving forward if he continues to prove himself alongside the Anadokounmpo's and uh, gets the Giannis stamp of approval uh of note is that we have a Kalitsakis uh playing on this team you may remember uh your Georgios uh Kalitsakis the uh, I think he was the very last pick in the 2021 uh NBA draft uh by the Bucks uh he finished out last year with OKC Thunder. I think he's still on their roster in some shape or form. But um, the Kalitsakis playing with the Greece national team is actually is actually not Georgios, but uh, Pan- Panagio. <laughs> I should have practiced more of these names ahead of time. Forgive me. Uh, Panagiotis. Kalitsakis. Panagiotis Kalitsakis. 
like to think I'm better with pronunciations than your average folk, uh, but that one probably requires a little more work from me. Uh, and then another former NBA player, former Houston Rocket, um, uh, from my recollection, uh, Kostis, uh, Papa Nicolau, uh, he, he, he played with the Rockets more so in the beginning of the 2010s, uh, before, if, or otherwise very early in the James Harden, uh, era in Houston, uh, Someone I'll mention here only only because I know I've heard their name before. Uh, Ionis Papa Petrau. Uh, so he may be more familiar to other Greek fans. Uh, he was tied for the third leading scorer with Nick Kalathis in the second Spain friendly, but didn't uh, quite distinguish himself uh, as much in the first Spanish friendly here. Says he only had two points um, in 26 minutes. He's actually the, he played the most minutes in that first Spain friendly, uh, even though he was tied for the <laughs> lowest uh, leading scorer, at least he, he rebounded in uh, the second Spanish friendly. And yeah, we already discussed how we know the, uh, <laughs> the Yanda de Kumpos quite well. Uh, I'll quickly go over the Spanish team just since uh, we played them. Uh, twice uh, Spain they don't they're not quite at the level that they have been in the past that we're used to no more Gasol brothers Ricky well Ricky Rubio Torres ACL this year so that'll explain why he's not uh, currently playing um, I forget if Abaca played for Spain or France uh, I'm surely forgetting uh, other successful uh, Spanish players as Spain's uh, been a been a powerhouse in European basketball uh, for quite some time, if memory serves me right. Uh, so the big names on the Spanish national team uh, in this Eurobasket run. Um, are the two Hernan, Goman, Hernan Gomez uh, brothers, including uh, movie star Juan, movie star Juancho Hernan Gomez? I'm even forgetting uh, the famous name of the character that he portrayed. But uh, well done and hustle. We'll get to some movie talk later relating to the Bucks. Uh, Lorenzo Brown, I recognize his name from uh, a previous. Uh, previous NBA run, but I'm, I will stop myself from pretending to be an, an, ex, an expert there. Uh, Rudy Fernandez, I believe he played earlier in the 20, 2010s as well, played with uh, the Portland Trailblazers, probably could have had uh, a longer NBA career similar to Costas Papa Nicolau, but uh, certainly some guys... Uh, may choose to have more, uh, you know, accomplish more uh, in the country where they're from. And, yeah, and the same may go for some of these other, some of the other guys on this Spanish roster because I don't know them quite as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, without Giannis, they came out on top in the second friendly 87 to 80 against Greece. Uh, closer affair without Giannis, uh, as to be expected. But 
I'm sure I won't be alone in looking out for some more uh, Greece updates here with uh, the next couple games and many more to come. I only listed out the next two because, um, of course, in two more contests, we'll also get to talk a bit about Mamu. All right, and although the most the most topical uh, happenings in the Bucks basketball world um, will always be the latest with Yana uh, Sandokounmpo. I finally came around to watching Rise. Uh, I had to buy a Disney Plus subscription. Um, another reminder for myself that I ought to go cancel that because I don't want to pay for that month to month. <laughs> if I'm not, since I'm not one to go back and you know cry to Fox and the Hound and uh, Bambi uh, twice a month, uh, maybe not worthwhile for me. I'm usually more of the guy who just. Uh, tries to get by off of friends and family members' subscription. Uh, yeah, won't use the term uh, freeloader, uh, but others might, if not referring to themselves. Uh, anyhow, yeah, so I finally watched Rise, and interesting-ish timing for myself, uh, mainly because I finally, after after a whole year, uh, finished the last, like, 20 pages that I had of, uh, Mir and Fader's Giannis book, and there were some, some comparisons, of course, uh, drawn between the movie and the book, uh, particularly from No Dunks, uh, everyone knows one of my favorite shows out there, they're famous for doing film sessions, particularly when trying to fill the void, the content void that is, in the summer, and uh, Lockdown Bucks also covered it, um, you know, as to accomplish the same goal as No Dunks, but also feeling more of an obligation to do so, covering the Bucks as I do. Uh... So yeah, a straight to Disney Plus film. So take with that what you will. It probably kept fans' expectations somewhere in the middle. Maybe mine were disproportionately higher after reading Marin Fader's uh, amazing book about Giannis. I implore everybody to go read. Hopefully people read it uh in a shorter time span than I did, but even though it's not cool to admit, I'm not I'm not necessarily uh, someone to read read an entire book in an afternoon. I pretty much only read when I'm traveling, uh, with the rare exception when you know a book comes out on the topic of uh, someone that you more or less have a have a podcast about, and you might make. You might make more. You might carve out more time uh, before bed to read a book, but that's just not me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, overall, I liked the movie, even beyond my my obligation to watch the movie for this show. To be to be sure. Uh, and of course, it. Um, I might have also been uh, a friendlier critic to it uh, because it's about Giannis. Um, but I don't know if I would tr if I would I would recommend it to someone, but it's not a movie. I would I would be excited about rewatching. No, I'm not one to rewatch movies as much as I would a show. Uh, but I'll say the 
I'm gonna jump to, I'm gonna compare a bunch of notes between No Dunks and uh, Locked On Bucks, because they probably did a better job about watching it and immediately uh, reviewing it. And I'll kind of say whether or not I disagree with them. I probably wrote it down. I was more likely to write it down if I agreed with them. But JD, the producer of No Dunks, uh, did the opposite of myself and actually started reading uh, Mirren Fader's Giannis book. Uh, once they decided to do a film session on Rise, and uh, I think it's pretty informative because as he reads through all the different uh, uh, grim details of of the Anadokounmpo's uh, struggle as um, un- undocumented citizens in Athens uh, and poverty. Um, he's learning, he, he kind of was learning as close to real time as possible um, some of the details that were, that were left out uh, from this movie. Uh, yeah, I'd say... Um, Oh, one of the biggest ones was, so Giannis and Thanasis go to America together around the time when, well, of the 2013 NBA draft. Uh, and in Mirren Fader's book, uh, she talked about how you know, naturally, the NBA team bought separate rooms for Giannis and Thanasis, the least they could do, um, given the amount of money uh, that they have, and uh, you know the type and the value that Giannis could uh, could uh, presumably uh, provide to the league, which he inevitably would. Uh, but Giannis and Thanasis scoffed at the idea of them having to have separate rooms, and they even uh, ended up sharing a bed together. Um, um, when they had uh, first arrived uh, in America, uh, just because that's what they were, that's what they were used to, I believe. Uh, most, if not all, the brothers shared a bed uh, growing up just due to due to the lack of resources that they had, um, but also that shows how close of a bond uh, that they had through that struggle. Because uh, <laughs> even, even I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, close to 99 out of 100 uh, different sets of brothers, myself included, if they had the opportunity to, they definitely would not uh, share share a bed uh and also (laughs) would would probably uh take the separate rooms as well but you know given uh i mean the idea of the of the families uh separate separate and given you know their undocumented uh uh, status and how much they've had to fight, uh, you know, just to stay alive, um, throughout their entire childhood, uh, you know, starts to make sense why, why, you know, they might even be more comfortable, uh, sleeping in the same bed together. Uh, I guess Rise's, Rise did have a scene of, of the, of the kids jumping on the bed together, which uh, I guess took the place of that, but uh, No Dunks also talked about, um, well, just they, they kind of kept on touching on the fact that there was so much more to the story that they could have told, um, so they were wondering they're they're giving disney the benefit of the doubt that okay there's just like so many decisions that had to be made um in terms of of what they kept in and 
what they left out, but, you know, they thought, and I agree with them, that even showing that, that they could have shown less of them jumping on the bed together, um, or even if they had to, to replace the jumping on the bed together scene with just, like, three seconds of them sharing a bed i think that would have that would have uh that would have portrayed their bond uh uh you know you know more accurately than they did in the film and by all accounts in the book that's like not even that's there's zero embellishment uh of the story and doing that. Uh, yeah. Um, Locked on Bucks also um, laughed at... Um, so they did document how Thanasis and Giannis had to uh, share shoes Um while playing together because they could only afford uh, one pair. And I think that was probably uh, an accurate scene, uh, the way they depicted it with... I mean, it's it's just a simple exchange of shoes as the brothers check in and out, but then they also showed uh, some smart aleck uh, basketball players laughing at them as they're trading shoes. Uh, throughout the game and that probably that that did show um, show you know some semblance of the difficulty that they faced uh, especially in contrast to your everyday teenager um, no dunks also thought that although this now this is where we get into um, the idea of um, uh, what if the movie was not made by Disney, uh, for example, uh, was they did have one scene where there were um, there was like a rally of sorts, and uh, the Anadokumbo brothers were on the bus. I think it might have been in the scene where the brothers were first going, they were traveling hundred or excuse me, an hour and 20 minutes to the basket, the basketball court for the first time for the team that they'd end up playing for. And, uh, people ended up throwing, uh, items at, at a bus directly at the window that the brothers were at during this rally. And that could have been, um, Oh my god, I'm saying the group totally wrong now. I think I said... I think the group is called the Golden Dawn. I wrote down Red Dawn, like the... Like the... Like the 80s... <laughs> movie, so... Forgive me. Yeah, Golden Dawn is the... Uh, is the neo-Nazi organization in Greece that... Um, I think according to Muren Fader's book, at the time when Giannis was preparing to leave Greece for America, the Golden Dawn Party was um, perhaps as high as th as the third most popular political party in Greece, which is uh, which is uh, more than horrific given the recency. Uh, of this and uh, the ideas of this uh, neo-Nazi organization. Um, so that's something that was rightfully so a much bigger part of the book than it was in the movie. It is a Disney movie though. Uh, but other Disney movies have ta have tackled uh 
have tackled difficult uh, themes. Uh, should it should be mentioned that um, I think Giannis was granted an executive producer role on this movie, so maybe he didn't want to uh, touch on that quite as much. Uh, the book did share a scene, I think, of Giannis actually himself being chased by uh, members of this group at one point. There was a chase scene in this movie, but it was actually just of uh, the whole family being chased by police for, you know, uh, selling merchandise uh, like the sunglasses that they so famously did of uh, Veronica and the kids in order to get by and um, make some extra cash. Um, so that could have been a replacement for Giannis being chased by, you know, by racist people in Greece, like he was in the book and presumably in real life. Um, but I guess that's also not to say that the family was was never chased for uh, selling trinkets to make ends meet when they technically weren't uh, legally allowed to. Uh, speaking of credits on this film, uh, Francis Antetokounmpo, uh, the oldest Santa de Cumpo, often, you know, most often forgotten as he's not, uh, not, an, not an NBA player, also the oldest. And he also notably um, stayed in Greece when, uh, excuse me, Charles and Veronica Santa de Cumpo, uh left Nigeria for Greece for, for a better life. And the beginning of this film... Uh, showed the heartbreak um, in the parents and having to leave Francis goodbye um, um, for their uh, potentially dangerous journey. And the film did a good job of of uh, showing the showing the tension there early on when uh, Francis and I keep dang it Charles, not Francis. So many names. Charles and Veronica were in Istanbul in uh, one of the early scenes, and they actually had to hide from from the police uh, during that time. Uh, you could uh, you could see uh, Charles and Veronica putting. Uh, realizing that the police were there and hearing the commotion, packing up their thing, packing up their things in the blink in a blink uh, of an eye, and hiding it underneath the bed, and then hiding behind uh, the bathroom door, and uh, uh, soon enough the police would uh, barge into Charles and Veronica's room while they were hi- hiding. Uh, step foot in the bathroom where they were hiding behind the door but uh after just commenting that that the hotel room uh was was a dump they left the room believing nobody was there unbeknownst to them uh charles and, and veronica would soon uh climb out of the building and run away before they finally uh would make it um from nigeria to turkey uh to greece where they would stay uh, as undocumented uh, citizens, um, yeah. If I had, if I haven't said it yet, this movie Rise was not um, was not a movie solely about Giannis, um, who was an executive producer on this, but uh, more so a movie about uh, the Ana de Cumpo family. Um, as Giannis wanted to portray them, particularly giving credit uh, to the parents and uh, everything they had to do so the family could get by uh, so that uh, the brothers uh, could get to where they are today. Um, But yeah, those early scenes, I think, were maybe the most informative to 
fans because that's maybe the first time it ever clicked for me why exactly uh, Francis was left in uh, in Nigeria. Uh, you know, I would say a thought that popped into my head trying to understand it uh, was okay, and of course I'm I'm a privileged uh, white man in America who's ill-informed uh to uh some of this but you might be thinking so you're leaving you're leaving the country to for a better life for your family uh but then if you're leaving if you're leaving your only family uh besides the two of you and your son behind is it really better for the entire family well Quickly, you realize throughout the film that, one, uh, Charles and Veronica can't necessarily tell the future, and their goal um, was to go to Greece so that they could gain uh, Greece citizenship after arriving, uh, perhaps illegally, get jobs, and then um, once they, once they uh, are able to get jobs and contribute, then, then perhaps they can go back and uh, retrieve Francis and bring him with. But there's also the several scene, several scenes with Charles and um, this woman. How would I describe uh, her role? Um, this Greek bureaucrat, perhaps um, someone whose job may have been to uh, help individuals like Charles uh, gain citizenship uh, in Greece, but uh, one of the famous lines from Charles um, revolved around um, this bureaucrat, let's say, uh, telling Charles that... Uh, that he had to get a job in order to get papers. But then Charles reminded uh, this woman, well, uh, I can't I can't get a job. I can't get the job without these papers. So it's just this uh, destructive uh, cycle, uh, you know, built to not um, to not allow. Charles and the Antetokounmpo family uh, to thrive. Uh, but, of course, in the end, it, it does work out. Um, Charles and Veronica leaving, uh, leaving Francis uh, and Nigeria um, because uh, even though things weren't were were never easy uh, for the family. They stuck together, and um, yeah, through their hard hardship, they they uh, they developed the determination, unlike uh, most others, to uh, to be successful and. Yeah. Now Giannis is an all-time NBA player, signed a supermax contract, and his family has a has a generational wealth and more. So, yeah, I feel like I even went off the topic of of the movie uh, in particular there, and just uh, gave my own uh, adaptation, but. Uh, I know no dunks uh, sort of ask themselves the question of of who is like who is this uh, who is the audience for this movie because it's 
it seemed a little a little childish uh, for adults, but had had a you know had enough conflict to not be um, super attractive to to children, but they decided well then it has to be somewhere in the middle, like perhaps a teenager, and that might that might be helpful because. Um, if this film is is uh, something beyond just telling the story of the Anda de Kumpos, it's uh, it's uh, maybe the most motivational Disney movie uh, that that you could find. So that fits well with uh, you know like a teenage audience, uh, I would say. And so they definitely accomplished that, uh, especially in in the closing. uh, Well, I guess they show uh, the fruits of their labor in the end, uh, you know, after uh, most importantly, uh, you know, saying, uh, in memory of Charles uh, Ante de Kumpo, who sadly didn't get to see his son uh, become a finals MVP. Uh, he, Giannis wanted wanted to give credit to his his father and mother for for making him the man who would become a finals MVP, and they showed Giannis's speech that. Uh, probably probably makes every viewer uh, cry. I'm 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 certain I did uh, when uh when Giannis uh, cried during his first MVP, um, talking about all of his fam- family members, uh, and then they would and then they would go on to show show the highlights of of uh. Costas, Thanasis, and Giannis each, uh, each in their NBA title runs. As uh, you might have forgotten in all in all of the Giannis factoids that that uh, that you come across, that the Antetokounmpo's are the uh, first and only trio of brothers uh, to become NBA NBA champions, and hopefully, uh, and hopefully, uh, Alex can can add to that as well moving forward but uh yeah another part that i want to get to in this um was uh well the movie's called rise which sort of led no dunks to laugh and think well could they have shown even more of the rise of the andatacumpos um they were you know even getting to the NBA was was uh, an enormous feat uh, for the Antetokounmpo's, but uh, Mirren Fader's book uh, talks a lot about the struggles that, that Giannis had uh, still in his rookie season and in his first year in the NBA because it took uh, it took most of that that whole rookie campaign of Giannis Giannis's to um, to get the rest of the family to be able to come to. Milwaukee, and that was ultimately um, that was probably most important to Giannis was making sure that uh, that his family could, uh, you know, could could gain from uh, the success success of Giannis as well. I mean, we've we've known about this, I think, before uh, Mir and Fader's book, but of course, we know about Giannis uh, wiring uh, all of his, literally all of his money to Greece to his family, without realizing that he had he had no no means of even get, getting himself to to the game that was to come. So, uh, Giannis literally started running from uh, God knows where in Milwaukee to to the Bradley Center before a kind family. Uh, picked him up and, and drove him, uh, drove him to the game, but um, you know we d- 
didn't get any uh, visual adaptation of Giannis uh, questioning uh, if he wanted to leave the NBA and go back to Greece uh, since he could no longer no longer be with his family. Uh, Locked on Bucks was the first that I heard um, mention how one of the early scenes had all the brothers playing PlayStation together, but that's ludicrous. The family that was that was um, yeah, that was a luxury that was far away from from the Anadokounmpo sites uh, in real life. So much so that when Giannis was a was a full on uh, uh, guaranteed millionaire, you know, after being drafted. He got he bought a council and immediately returned it out of pure guilt, uh, uh, knowing that his family was still back home. Uh, and uh, and they couldn't benefit off of it. I heard mixed reviews between locked on bucks and no dunks, wondering if there could have been, I think Locked on Books wondered if there could have been more basketball uh, to be played, but then No Dunks uh, actually slandered <laughs> slandered a lot of the basketball uh, that was played. Uh, excuse me. Well, one we should recognize that it's pro- it's pretty difficult to replicate uh, the level of basketball that that. Uh, that Giannis and Thanasis were playing at, uh, even, even in their early development. Uh, but then to, uh, to the other side of the spectrum, uh, I know No Dunks had a lot of fun making fun of the fact that when Giannis and Thanasis were first, uh, invited to play basketball in the movie, uh, Giannis had no clue of the rules of basketball and he just started walking with the ball. So uh, no dunks kind of poked fun at the fact that that um, the people who had invited Giannis over to play uh, were much more forgiving than than uh, I think most people would be in real life. Uh, I guess just imagine if you were playing pickup and and you invited guys to come over to play with you, and and they they didn't even, uh, they didn't even understand that you the fact that you had to dribble, uh, um, if you were to move in basketball, uh, and yeah, I think I think no dunks is, is 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 right there. That might have been a little, oh, a little too, a little too kind, but. You could say it's a Disney movie there. Uh, <laughs> uh, no Dunks also joked about sort of uh, the awkwardness of between the interactions with with uh, with both sets of agents there was first uh, the top uh, agent in Europe uh, I forget their name uh, but it was some older uh, white guy with white hair I believe and he was talking about he, he originally um, sort of shrugged off the Andadokounmpo's and when it seemed that they finally um, you know when other people had started to notice the Andadokounmpo's success the uh, the high and mighty uh, best agent in Europe guy came crawling back and he he offered the Andadokounmpo's 5,000 euros uh, to to, uh, to allow him to actually represent uh, the Anadokounmpo's after the fact, but uh, 
One, the Antetokounmpo's con- um, the Antetokounmpo's declined. No dogs argued that that was unrealistic because in real life, five thousand euros would have uh, would have been tremendous to say the least to this family. So. Uh, for them to turn their nose up at five thousand dollars, even if even if it came from a crook, uh, would that have been too much to pass up at the time? Perhaps. Because um, they also argued, uh, well, why would this other uh, Harris guy, the the younger um, agent? Who stuck us? Uh, who stuck aside them from the beginning? Did he really do so much uh, to warrant their their uh, you know their unyielding uh, loyalty? Probably not, because it seemed pretty quick. Uh, the uh, Harris's. Uh, uh, Ascension from uh, Giannis or Thanasis becoming uh, his first ever clients. Uh, then, of course, the the trouble with uh, with whether or not Giannis or Thanasis would be able to play in Spain, uh, and then he just so quickly promised that they could that they could be in the in the NBA. Uh, Seemed like a stretch, but there might just be that might have just been a part to, part of the story where there was there was a lot to explain. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's at a certain point I do want to give more of the benefit to the doubt benefit of the doubt to the movie uh, for for the level. For the amount of minutia that there really was uh, in in uh, having Giannis go from uh, unknown in uh, in Greece to to being uh, the number fifteen overall pick in the NBA draft, uh, now before I go, I want to say. The last scene that prob- that really stuck with others was hmm, okay, there could man, I could I could go on forever, but the family I remember returned from a real joyous day. They had gone out and actually gone shopping, and then they returned. Uh, to the Yanadokumpo house and the landlord had actually changed the locks on the family and the family had to sleep in the car for the rest of the night until the landlord had returned uh, and Francis was, was able to pay him but but then uh, still the family had to sleep in the car you got the line from uh, Charles Oh my gosh, I still keep calling him Francis, don't I? <laughs> oh. Excuse me. Charles, uh, the father of the Andre de Cumpros, um, said to the landlord that, that those boys should be in their beds. And he warned the landlord that he wouldn't be that he wouldn't be so forgiving next time he was Next time they were locked out of their homes with no notice, uh, and I'm not—I don't know if these scenes um, directly preceded another, but um, similar uh, mood occurred when Thanasis, who you know accurately aligned with with the book, Thanasis did. Uh, receive uh praise for for his basketball talents in europe before Giannis, just not at the same level of Giannis. clearly uh the got 
received uh, he received he received a uh, a substantial check for the Anadokounmpo's to play for a club, and it turned out that the check was fake, which um, you know above all else, given given the family's circumstance, was was heartbreaking. So I think the movie, even though they missed some maybe darker moments in in the Anadokounmpo story they did um you know they weren't short of uh of uh of moments to show uh what the Anadokounmpo's went through uh, even if they left out some big ones um and I mean, in that same breath, too, even though it was largely no dunks who was saying, saying, wow, there's so much that they left out. Um, they also mentioned that 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 maybe maybe a little more levity actually could have done this film um, a little bit of good. Uh, like perhaps some more fish out of water moments. They did. They did have. um and I, I didn't pick up on this because I don't even know if I've seen seen the movie Coming to America. Uh, I don't know if that's too big of a movie for me to have not seen or not seen seen in totality or seen in a decade. But um, I guess there was sort of an homage to Coming to America once. But yeah, No Dunks couldn't count many many comical moments that were actually intended to be comical uh in this so kind of hard to to have to uh what's the analogy i'm looking for uh hard to have it both ways let's just go with in wow you're missing uh moments to show show this family's uh hardship but you also want there you want it to be uh, a little more uplifting at other points i don't know i could never make a movie so <laughs> uh it's a little odd for me to be a critic here uh so perhaps i'll leave it at that uh i didn't give a spoiler war- warning at the beginning but you could have figured that out uh eventually and uh i've spoiled worse things for people uh unintentionally to be sure now we're already uh, above we're already yeah we're already beyond an hour here uh but i'd be remiss if i if i didn't mention the fact that the purple jerseys are back and they're almost identical to the uh 2001 uh um jerseys and i know a lot of people are excited about that uh our nba joked about uh how uh bucks fans and only bucks fans are excited about uh the fact that purple is back uh i get that completely uh i think it i think it's cool for a throwback jersey but i wouldn't want want the purple uh to come back as part of part of our main theme uh, in the future, uh, I'd say the Bucks are right now at a peak, uh, at the peak of their like full time, full time, uh, you know, color scheme and branding uh, compared to the past. But you know, now we're now we're gifted even more more jersey options now that nike came through and we get uh we get two special editions each each year i know there are other other uh sort of requirements in terms of uh i think one of the city or statement jerseys you can only update every other year but uh we're we're already quite spoiled in that regard so it'll be really cool to see to see another Bucks legend in the purple um, number thirty-four jersey, that one that one will probably have some pretty uh, 
pretty large uh, uh, sales numbers, uh, if I do say so myself, and I might be contributing uh, to that. Uh, but yeah, they're, yeah, I can't, they, they seem pretty much exactly identical. I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing uh, either. I think that's been a small critique that I've heard out there, but again, it's a specialty jersey. It's not going to be every single night. So why not? I think I even, I even lean towards just full-on copying uh, throwback jerseys because nostalgia factor really hits there. And uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, more often than not, I find uh, teams can do a little too much with these jerseys. But uh, <laughs> like the Rise movie, I'm not making jerseys either. I'm no, yeah, I don't, I don't design anything I'm, uh, I'm I wouldn't that's not my type of uh, creative outlet <laughs> so uh, I'll leave it at that um, we'll have some more onto the Cumbro basketball to get to next time around I'm sure I'll have surprises I'll shoot to have another show out uh, next week uh, but you never know it's the middle of August and uh there's got to be something for me to come out here and talk about. So, until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.